Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by Pipsticks. Here's what you do. You gift a Pipsticks subscription to a kid you know. They'll get postcards and stickers delivered to them from Pipsticks, and they will use them to write you a letter. Then you write them a letter, and the next thing you know, you're keeping in touch with a loved one through letters, and that is so cool. Click the link in the show notes and visit Pipsticks for the coolest stickers and stationery. Now let's get on to some shout-outs. First up is Leo DePenta from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Leo shared a really cool cave troll he drew. Awesome drawing, Leo. I think if you were a character in the valley, you would be a ninja with four arms, making you one of the best ninjas ever. Thanks for listening, Leo. Luella listens in the mornings, and she drew an awesome green gloop. Great drawing, Luella. I think if you were a character in the valley, you'd be a bunny rancher who teaches your bunnies how to be ninjas and leads the bunny dojo. Thanks for listening, Luella. And brothers James, Owen, and Colin enjoy the stories. They shared a few great pieces of art, and I really appreciate that. They let me know already that if they were characters in the valley, James would be a wizard, Owen would be a sun ninja, and Colin would be a pirate. And I'm sure they'd all work together at some point to defeat some greater evil. Thanks for listening, you three. Today's episode is titled Mira and the Missing Dragon's Egg Part 2, and I hope you like it. After a day-long hike, Mira and Stella reached the Dreadful Hollows. The Dreadful Hollows was a network of cave tunnels beneath a large hill. Nothing grew on the hill. No trees, no grass, no animals lived on the hill. It was an empty place of dark magic and danger. At the base of the hill was a cave opening covered in hanging moss. Dead trees leaned in front of the entrance. Old wooden signs outside the entrance read, Dreadful Hollows, do not enter danger. The birds and other forest animals kept their distance from this cave opening, and the area around it was eerily quiet. Stella and Mira had seen drawings of this entrance in their research. 
This place is a lot creepier in person, said Mira. Yeah, it looks so dark in there, said Stella. The two stood just outside the cave entrance looking in. They squinted their eyes trying to see something, anything within the darkness of the cave. But none of the light from outside shone into the cave opening, as if even the sunlight would rather not enter. Well, here goes, said Mira. She revealed her wand, and the tip of it glowed. The light illuminated the cave walls. Stella did the same, and their magic wands cast a bright glow around them as they walked. The cave tunnels of the dreadful hollows were exactly what you would expect. Dark and creepy. Mira and Stella heard strange sounds all around them. Sounds that seemed to come from just outside the range of their lights where the darkness took over. Many times as they walked through the caves, they would stop and listen and look all around, trying to get sights on what it was they were hearing. Where are those sounds coming from? asked Mira. Everywhere, said Stella. Whatever lives in the dreadful hollows, I think it knows we're here. Just then, the two girls heard the unmistakable sounds of cave trolls, the sounds of clubs being dragged on the ground, their loud voices and laughter, the way they drag their feet and stumble along. Just from the sounds, the girls couldn't tell how many cave trolls there were, but it was certainly more than one. Hide, whispered Mira. Her and Stella found some large stones and hid behind them. They stopped their wands from glowing, and the space around them went dark. The girls hoped they could hide and avoid the trolls altogether. Light from the trolls' torches began to brighten the room as they neared. The sounds of the trolls laughing and their weapons clanging grew louder. The trolls finally entered the room. The girls stayed silent and hidden, hoping they could avoid these smelly beasts. But their torchlight was too bright. The trolls noticed the girls before they made it through the room and down another hallway. Humans! yelled one of the trolls. The other green-skinned bullies turned and noticed Mira and Stella. They were found out, and they leaped from their hiding places. Both girls revealed their wands. Mira stuck her wand out toward the trolls and whispered the words of a freezing spell. She hoped that, with the trolls frozen, her and Stella could just run off and continue on their way. Unfortunately, her magic went wonky, as it usually did. Instead of the trolls being frozen, only their weapons were frozen. The clubs they were holding seemed to be stuck in midair. The trolls tried to lift their clubs and swing them at the girls, but Mira's goofy magic held them frozen in place, like they were floating but stuck in the air. She hoped to freeze the trolls themselves, but her wonky magic never did exactly what she wanted. Stella pointed her wand at the trolls then and whispered a spell to make their torches go out. She figured if the trolls couldn't see, then perhaps her and Mira could make their escape. The flames on the torches flickered and shrunk, and then they went out completely. Stella reached out and grabbed Mira's arm. She pulled her so that together they could run away down a nearby tunnel. Before they could make their escape, though, Stella's magic went wonky as well. Instead of completely going dark, the trolls' torches lit up with bright disco ball sparkles. Glittery bits of light twirled and spun all over the cave walls. The girls froze and lifted their wands, ready to launch another attack as the trolls rushed them. But the trolls didn't rush them. 
The trolls were somehow terrified of the shiny bits of light emitted by the torches, which were now disco balls. It's magic bits floating all about, yelled one troll. Get it off! Get it off! yelled another. The trolls rubbed at their skin, thinking they could rub off the sparkles of light as they stumbled around the room. If there was one advantage that humans had over trolls, it was intelligence. Trolls were so daft. These trolls especially. They had apparently never seen a disco ball, and for some reason they thought the little shiny lights surrounding them were harmful magic. Run! Run away from the shiny magic! The trolls yelled. They left their weapons frozen in place, dropped the disco ball torches, and stumbled away in the darkness as fast as they could. Stella and Mira stood frozen in disbelief. For a moment, they thought they would actually have to fight these trolls. Instead, they just watched the bumbling, goofy trolls run away from some disco ball lights. Well, that was funny, said Mira. Yeah, we got lucky, though, said Stella. One of these days, our wonky magic is going to cause us some serious trouble. Maybe, said Mira. Come on, let's go. The two girls again lit up their wands and continued through the dangerous caves of the dreadful hollows. After a while more of walking, Mira stopped in a small open space and slid her pack down to the ground in front of her. All right, I, I think I'm losing my way, she said. Let's check the maps. The girls discovered, in their research, that there was no one true map for the dreadful hollows. There were different old maps written by hand long ago by adventurers and travelers. None of the maps were exactly the same, so the girls didn't know exactly where to go. But they had a good idea. All right, it looks like both of those maps show the cave tunnels ending far on the west side, said Stella as they both looked over the maps now laid out on the floor. Yeah, yeah, and this one shows a path over to the west as well, uh, but the rest of it's been ripped off said Mira. Our best chance is probably to head west and just see what we find, I guess. Stella nodded and brightened the light from her wand. Did you hear that? She said. Mira stopped rolling up the maps to listen. It was silent. What did you hear? Asked Mira. I, I don't know, like, like a gentle whooshing sound? Like the wind or... Or the sound fabric makes in a breeze, said Stella. Yeah, I've been hearing that too, said Mira. I think we're being followed. The girls made their wands as bright as possible, illuminating the area all around them. The light didn't cast normally as it would on a regular night outside. It didn't get gradually dimmer and then fade into darkness. The darkness came abruptly against their light as if the darkness and the light were stiff against each other, like the darkness was fighting back against their light. A chill went through the girls now. Not knowing what was really out there in the darkness following them around was the scariest thing ever. They explored a little faster through the caves in search of the missing dragon's egg. Using their compass and heading west, they finally reached a massive chasm. The tunnel they were in opened up into a huge room and the path ended at a cliff's edge. They stood near the edge of this giant underground canyon and looked down. 
The girls leaned out and stuck their wands down to see how deep this trench went. The light extended down and down and down, but they saw no bottom. How deep is this? said Mira. Hundreds of feet deep at least, said Stella. The light from their wands shone across the gap where the footpath continued into another tunnel. Well, how are we going to get across this huge gap? asked Stella. We come all this way to be dead-ended at an underground gorge? I don't know any bridge-building spells, if that's even a thing. Well, we could try our magic. Maybe that bird spell from last semester, suggested Mira. Oh, yeah, but what if it goes wonky, said Stella. We'll turn ourselves into flightless birds like, like penguins, or, or I'll just accidentally turn myself into a painting of a bird, or... Mira interrupted Stella. We have to try. Let's just do it right here and see what happens. If it works, we fly over the big gap and get to the other side. And if it doesn't work, we might fall off the cliff and into this never-ending chasm of doom to fall for all eternity, said Stella. Uh, okay, that was a bit dramatic. Yeah, let's just try, I guess. The girls each held their wands and focused their magic. They whispered some ancient words and poofed into... Not birds, but... Moths. Flittering gray moths. They pumped their delicate wings and began to fly over the enormous gap to the tunnel on the other side. The spell was supposed to turn them into birds, but as usual, the girls' wonky magic didn't work exactly right. But as moths, they would still be able to reach the other side of the gap, so it could have been worse. Then the girls heard something. Out there, above the deep, black nothing of the abyss, a squeaking sound filled the air. The girls flew from side to side to see what was making the sound. Suddenly, something whooshed past them, and something else. Again and again, blurs of dark black flew through the shadow right past them. The girls pumped their moth wings as fast as they could go to the other side. Then one of the creatures flew right into Mira. It was a bat. Cave bats noticed them flying and were trying to eat them. They couldn't turn back into their human forms. They'd fall like rocks. Mira and Stella swooped and dive as the bats sped at them, their teeth snapping as they flew by. Stella was nearly to the other side now. She fluttered above the cliff's edge and whispered the words that turned her back into a human. She fell down to the ground from where she was fluttering up in the air. She hit hard on the stone floor and looked up to Mira. Bats swooped all around Mira now. She was spinning in the air, completely out of control. Stella pointed her wand into the air at the bats and lit it up as bright as it would go. The bats all scattered, and Mira was able to float down to the edge next to Stella. Once she landed, Mira turned back into herself and laid on the ground, huffing and puffing out of breath. Who knew flying was so exhausting, said Mira. Right, agreed Stella. I'm really hoping we don't have to come back out this way. The two gathered themselves and their things. They walked into the dark tunnel with their wands glowing. Mira and Stella were getting tired, and they hoped that the missing dragon's egg was close. The End Thanks for listening, everyone. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com, where you can find cool printables and see listener drawings. Send any questions or drawings to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. And find many, many more hours of stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.